Because creating jobs means creating the conditions for everyone to thrive. Because families know best what their children need for educational success. It's our job to listen and help make it happen. Because futures filled with opportunity are unlocked when you read, write, draw, discuss, and dream. Today on Because Radio, Rise Above helps single parents needing financial help getting a post-secondary education. Then we uncover some of the mystery behind the magical mystery thrift bus tour happening this Saturday. This week's Winnipeg impact maker, Nordale School, helps others stay warm this winter through their partnership with Main Street Project. And we'll have highlights from this week's episode of the Because and Effect podcast featuring Oli Backstrom, President and CEO of SCE LifeWorks. All this and more on Because Radio. Hello and welcome to Because Radio episode number 31. My name is Robert Zirk. And I'm Sonny Primolo. So Sonny, um, I heard that the Endow Manitoba 24-hour giving challenge, which we covered last week, was a big success. We can't tell you what the numbers are. I think there's still the team at Endow Manitoba still working on tallying all the numbers, but hopefully we can get an update uh, here on the show uh, in the next few weeks. But it was good to uh, to have a chance to learn more about uh, some of the initiatives that are going on province-wide. Absolutely. It's such a great initiative where these community foundations can have their dollars stretched by $2, essentially. Yeah, making a $5 gift $7. That's a pretty good return on investment, if you ask me. Absolutely. Today we're back focusing on uh, the Winnipeg Foundation's causes with each show, and uh, today's episode is going to focus on literacy, education, and employment. Producer Jeremy Morantz spoke with Kara Ginter and Emily Hackman, President and Vice President of Rise Above. Rise Above is a local <clears throat> Rise Above is a local charity that provides bursaries to single parents who need financial help getting a post-secondary education. Kara and Emily were joined by Tammy Wolf, a recipient of a Rise Above bursary, and Tammy told us about the personal impact that the bursary has had on her life. <laughs> This week's foundation feature on Because Radio focuses on literacy, education, and employment. You're listening to Because Radio. I'm here with Kara Ginter, president of Rise Above, Emily Hackman, vice president, and Tammy Wolf, who is a recipient of one of Rise Above's bursaries. We're going to get into all that, what Rise Above is about. Thank you all so much for joining me. Um, I'll start with uh, Kara. Can you tell us what Rise Above is for listeners who, who don't know. Thank you. Um, yeah, Rise Above is a not-for-profit organization that exists to provide bursaries for single parents uh, who exhibit financial need. So the bursaries are $3,000. We offer anywhere from one every year to this year we did four. Um, and they're really just meant to, yeah, help single parents afford some of the expenses that come up with going to a post-secondary institution. Emily, do you want to touch on the creation uh, of Rise Above and what inspired 
you to you all to come together and create this organization? So Karen and I actually uh, started this group while we were in university at the University of Manitoba together. Um, and we really just, we were working with other human rights groups and we just saw this need where uh, we found that we just really wanted to change the culture, right? Because the attitude toward uh, single parents is not always a good one. And so we just wanted to show our support in a very um, practical way for parents and um, yeah, like do some practical help, but at the same time change the culture uh, where it makes it a positive thing instead of a negative thing and, and just, yeah, support parents as much as we can. Because in the end, it's a generational thing, right? So if you help the, the parents, then you're also helping their kids and the kids after them and just society in general. So I mean, that's exactly what I want to get into is you mentioned the societal benefit. Explain what you see the importance is in helping single parents receive that post-secondary education. So in really digging into this topic, you know, we do see statistically that um, single mothers tend to be more disadvantaged by way of, you know, the amount of, of money they take home, the amount of jobs they have to work just to make ends meet. Um, and we do see that those statistics improve when they have an education. But unfortunately, because of how expensive university and living expenses are, and you add in daycare and you add in food for a child and all of these different things, so many single parents make just a little bit too much to qualify for government student aid, but not enough to actually afford going to school. So, you know, we see having a really um, practical sort of solution to that is to provide them with funds to help them afford this and then they can go and they can hopefully you know get better jobs and um, sort of break that cycle of just barely making ends meet from generation to generation. It's uh, it's always nice to talk about this, but what's what's a rarity is actually having somebody who uh, is is a direct uh, impact and personal experience with the subject matter. Uh, we're lucky enough to have Tammy Wolf here, who is a recipient of one of your bursaries. I want to ask Tammy um, first of all, uh, how did you hear about Rise Above, or how did uh, like the relationship begin? So um, I'm at the University of Winnipeg, and so I had just been scrolling, looking through the um, awards and financial aid because being a single parent, you know, it is hard. And I, I have been in school um, for some time now. I'm, I'm now in grad studies. So I was looking on the on the website there, and I just happened to click on Rise Above, and I just looked at the information, and I said, you know, hey, look, I, I think I might qualify for this one, so might as, might as well give it a shot. Well, I want to talk about how uh, Rise Above's bursary has directly impacted your life. Let's talk about what you're studying and what opportunities you've been able to realize because of the, the bursary that you've received. Yeah, so I'm actually at the University of Winnipeg in the Masters of Arts in Indigenous Governance program. And as many people know, grad studies is, is not cheap. So it's, um, yeah, definitely doing uh, my research. I... I'm needing funding for research costs as well. Um, I also wanted to mention too that shor shortly after getting uh, the scholarship, I actually ended up getting, um, just having some unforeseen costs in regards to like my daycare. My, my daycare subsidy did not go through due to some um, issues that I was having registering through the University of Winnipeg. So it, at that time, it really, really helped me out because 
you know, I was scrambling as a single parent. You and, you know, it's daycare full fees, daycare costs are extremely high, like a lot. Like it's it's not a little bit of money. So I just felt like really grateful to to just get the help and support, you know, because there's not there's not a lot out there. Right. You know, that's great to hear your personal story. I think it really helps um, demonstrate the impact that uh, the great work uh, Rise Above has on people. Um, I wanted to ask uh, Kara, Emily, what what do you do to raise money for Rise Above? And are there any upcoming events that you want to talk about? So we do a variety of things throughout the year, usually in around May or June, we have a dessert reception, Um, we have some speakers, it's always really well attended, um, and it's a really good fundraiser for us. This year coming up, we have our second annual handmade holiday sale, um, and that's on December 7th, and it's at the St. James Civic Centre. So that's another really exciting opportunity to bring the local community together. So many of our crafters are really supportive of this cause, and are very excited to be participating in the sale. And then throughout the year, we, we take donations um, on our website or um, through canadahelps.ca. We are a registered charity that's official as of this year, so we're gonna be able to give tax receipts for the first time, which is so exciting, because that's such a process. Um, so we were really, really pleased to get that. And uh, yeah, it's just an ongoing sort of dona- uh, donation collection and uh, I mean, donations go towards the bursaries. None of our board of directors, yeah, we're all volunteers. None of our board of directors take any kind of payment whatsoever. Um, and you know, when we do events, we keep costs really low so that donations really go towards actually helping people. Um, there's very little overhead. So that's something we're really proud of. As many donations as we get, we're able to give as many bursaries every year as we were possibly able to. So we were planning on doing three this year, but then at the last minute we got an extra donation. Uh, We were able to give out $12,000 to four full bursaries this year. Um, So it's not like we're holding it in the bank and we only do one or two every year, as many donations as we get, that's how many we give out. So it just, I think it just goes to show that we're really, we see these people in front of us who can really use it. And We've had that kind of same situation before that Tammy was describing where people, uh, something kind of came up and the bursary uh, kind of like saved them just in time. So it, yeah, it it's, makes you feel good that you're like able to really jump in there and help. There's the practical help, but there's also like the we believe in you and what you're doing is a, it's a good thing, right? It's positive. It's not like a frivolous thing to go to university or college. It's it's making the world a better place for you and for your kid. And For our listeners out there who um, are curious to learn more, uh, they want to get in contact or uh, find out how they can get involved, what should they do? So they can uh, head on over to our website. It's really simple. It's www.riseabovebursaries.ca. They can email us, info at riseabovebursaries.ca, or they can look us up on Facebook, Rise Above Bursaries for Single Parents, and you'll find us there. You can communicate with us. Um, All of our information, though, is on our website, and when the applications go live sometime in February or March, they get uploaded there, so you can just download it that way, too, if you're interested in applying. That is Rise Above, a local charity. Thank you all so much for talking with me today. You're listening to Because Radio. 
Thanks, Jeremy. Up next, holiday shopping season is just around the corner. And if you're looking for gifts that are eco-friendly and that support our local community, you'll want to stay tuned to our next story. The Magical Mystery Thrift Bus Tour takes place Saturday, November 23rd and stops at four stores that benefit local charities with an opportunity to find new and gently used items, as well as learn about the organizations that purchases from the shop's benefit. We spoke with organizers from Thrive Thrift Shop of the Magical Mystery Thrift Bus Tour to learn more. Hello and thank you for listening to Because Radio. I'm Sunny Promolo. As you all know, the giving season is upon us, and as stores and shopping malls start to fill up with people buying gifts, I hope many of you are thinking of supporting local. If you are, you should definitely check out organizations like The Scrap Came Back, Scope, The Up Shop, and Thrive Thrift Shop. On November 23rd, from 9 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., these four Winnipeg charities have partnered up to create a one-of-a-kind shopping experience called the Magical Mystery Thrift Bus Tour. For more on this, I'm here at Thrive Thrift Shop with Christy McCoskey, Thrift Shop Coordinator for Thrive Thrift Shop. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Inquiring minds would love to know what is the Magical Mystery Thrift Bus Tour and what can people expect? It's a really fun time. So our bus riders park their cars at 1445 Main Street. They get picked up by a really old school bus and they get to ride on the bus to four different thrift shop locations in the city and they get to spend about an hour at each shop. They get a behind the scenes tour and special discounts at each stop. There's food and beverages and at last stop they get a little bit of a lunch and then they get driven back to their car. We're currently here at Thrive Thrift Shop, and we'll learn more about Thrive in a moment. But first, can you tell me about the other three charities involved and why people should support them? All of the shops that are involved in the bus tour are part of larger organizations. And so their thrift shops help support the programs that they're involved with. Scope is located in the North End. They have um, two locations. One is on Arlington and the other one is on Main Street. Scope helps people that are dealing with mental health crisis or mental health issues. Then we have the Upshop, which is part of the North End Women's Resource Center. And their thrift shop is quite small, but really packed. And I've heard that they have great suits and things for women going to interviews. But they are run by volunteers that are sort of like working off bills or they will work to get their MTS bill paid for, things like that. Scope is also run by volunteers as well. And then Scrap came back is part of DASH. And so they work with people with intellectual disabilities. And actually, I should mention that Scrap came back is not a thrift shop. It's an up shop. And so their participants can go there. People donate Scrap and then they make art from it and then they sell it. So it's a little higher priced and it's sort of like newer art that's sort of kitschy, I would say. It's a really neat place. Definitely some one-of-a-kind items. Exactly. Like the other charities, Thrive Thrift Shop is much more than your typical thrift shop. Uh, Can you tell us about Thrive and your different initiatives? Yeah, so just like the other stores, Thrive Thrift Shop is part of Thrive Community Support Circle. So we are one component of many. We offer free therapy. We have a child care center. Uh, we have a thriving resource center that offers emergency food and baby supplies. They do parenting workshops, uh, financial literacy. They do pre and postnatal support and so much more. And so uh, the store is another component of 
Thrive, and we've been around for over 30 years. We have about 50 plus volunteers a month who run the store in the warehouse. So there's myself and Danielle. We are the two staff members here who coordinate the volunteers and train them. We welcome people no matter where they're at. And so we work with people with intellectual and physical disabilities. Uh, We work with youth that are coming out of addiction adults that are coming out of addiction as well. We have people who are currently experiencing homelessness. So we have volunteers that are coming from Main Street Project and Sound Mission, uh, people that are coming out of domestic abuse situations. We have newcomers, international students, and people paying off their fines. They come to the store to gain work experience. That's probably like 90% of the people that we're working with. And Danielle and I create a non-judgmental atmosphere And we train them to become the best them that they can be. And so we can train people who are suffering from fetal alcohol syndrome disorder. We we deal with people with extremely low confidence. And so we can teach them tasks that they need to do in the store. We have a lot of people who will come in very quiet or dealing with very high anxiety. And they will say, I don't want to work in a store. Put me somewhere where I won't be around people and I just want to do my tasks on my own. But once they gain confidence, they always say that I will never work in the store. And then within a couple of shifts, they're really engaging with the other volunteers and they work their way up. They're sorting in the warehouse. They might be cleaning the store, but lo and behold, they're, then they're helping customers. And then they say, I really want to learn how to work the cash register. And so the revenue from the store goes back into the volunteer program. We also run a leadership development program so people can learn more about themselves and how to gain employment. And then we also support the free programs that we offer in our resource center. You've been here for how long now? I've been here for almost four years. In that time, do you know of any special stories that are kind of close to your heart based on one of the volunteers that came here? Oh, my goodness. We have so many. You know, it's funny. This morning I was giving a tour of the store and I said to them, what you hear on the news is you hear about the crime and the addiction. And that's all true. But you never hear the success stories. And so we are working with people who are coming out of meth addiction or alcoholism um, and we see them thrive and we see them leave the store because they've gained employment and we see that a lot and we hate to see the volunteers leave but we're so happy that they gained employment and that they're stable and they're able to gain their own income and that they believe in themselves and they're no longer going back into a sort of destructive lifestyle we see that a lot gosh I have so many success stories A lot of the youth that that we work with come from homes where mom and dad never worked. They never volunteered. It wasn't part of their lifestyle. I have a lot of youth that actually say to me, I graduated from high school. And that was like they were the only ones out of all of their siblings that graduated. And no one came. No one celebrated it. And so the fact that we have youth that are looking for more. And this particular one that I'm thinking of, she came out of a meth addiction on her own, had to leave her family because of their lifestyle. She left. She had a disease as well from her eating habits. She healed herself. She changed that. She lost weight. I'm just so impressed by the tenacity that some people have. And um, again, that's just not something that you always hear about. We have so many stories. Like this morning I came in, two people actually, two of our volunteers, our Friday volunteers called in and said, can't make it today. Guess what? I got a job. It was like so amazing, right? And so 
that happens all the time and it's just it's the best feeling and in those moments Danielle and I really feel like proud moms so this facility really is making a difference in the community for sure back to the tour how does it work so the proceeds we divide them up amongst the organizations the stores and it just goes towards paying for the bus and really like the proceeds don't like it's ten dollars and so we don't make a lot of it but we just we share it Unfortunately, tickets have sold out, but for those who didn't get a chance to catch the bus, you do offer this opportunity twice a year. If people are looking to take part in an upcoming tour, uh, can you tell them how they can ensure to make the next one? So typically we have the thrift shop bus tour twice a year. So we usually we do it once in spring and then once in November, sort of closer to Christmas. And so people can follow us on our Facebook page. That's where we have the event page with all of the information. Uh, also, we're on Instagram, our websites, and uh, I know a lot of people just call me throughout the year, when's the next one, when's the next one? www.thrivecommunitysupportcircle.com. So for those looking to learn more about the Magical Mystery Thrift Bus Tour or about the four charities, go and check out their different websites or follow them on social media. Before we go today, is there anything that you would like to add? I just want to invite people to come down. It's such a great way to experience a different part of Winnipeg. The reason why we offered this is because we thought there's a lot of people who like to thrift, but would not necessarily know about our thrift shops because people know of Salvation Army, Value Village, Goodwill, things like that. But they don't know about ours and they might not venture into our neighborhoods. And so this is a way of grabbing your girlfriend, jumping on the bus. There might be Santa at one of the locations. He might pay us a visit. Um, It's just a really fun event. And you get to learn so much about what we do and the impacts that we make in the community. What we're doing is we're not just thrift shops. We're actually reducing poverty, fighting crime, and we're making the community and the city so much better. And so it's it's another way of raising awareness and if you come to the point in in time where you need to purge things from your house you're moving downsizing all four of us will gladly take your donations for those looking for a great way to find that special gift this holiday season and would like to support our community at the same time consider stopping by thrive the scrap came back scope and the upshop this holiday season thanks krista this is sunny promolo for because radio Thanks, Sonny. Up next, our regular segment with Sonny, where he highlights impact makers in our community called Winnipeg Impact Makers. This week's Winnipeg Impact Maker, Nordale School, helps others stay warm this winter through their partnership with Main Street Project. Because it's the right thing to do, it's not always giving of material items. It's giving of your time, it's giving of your efforts, it's giving of your voice sometimes, and helping students understand that not everything is about material, but certainly that generosity and belonging. Welcome back to Because Radio. I'm Sunny Pomolo. As you all know, Manitoba is home to some of the most giving people in the country. To share those stories, I'm going around the city to speak with impact makers in Winnipeg. This week, I'm with David Everly and Laura Kello from Nordale School in St. Boniface. Thanks for joining us on Because Radio. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. For those who are unfamiliar with Nordale School, could you please tell us about the school and some of your programs? So Nordale School is located in the Norwood Flats area. We're approximately 177 students. We're a K-8 English program. Um, 
it's a fairly uh, small school in in the sense that um, the grandparents have gone here and the grandkids have gone here and their kids are going to go here. So there's not a lot of transition in the community. Um, so it's a fairly traditional school. And what kind of programs does the school offer? Well, we offer all of the, the core academic subjects um, from provincial curriculum. And then we also offer several leadership opportunities. We have student leadership groups. We have sources of strength groups. We have intramural groups. We have um, all of the, the core sports that the division plays. Speaking of programs, Nordale has an amazing program in partnership with Main Street Project. Could you tell us about the program and how that works? Yeah, so that started last year. Uh, we had a young lad in our grade 1-2 uh, class and his mother approached the classroom teacher about doing something to support Winnipeg Harvest actually. And then as I mentioned earlier, we have a leadership group called Sources of Strength and they endeavored to put some gift bags together uh, for students. And Ms. Kello can actually tell you a little bit about some of the activities that they did. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that. What were some of the activities and how many items were donated? Well, we got a list of items that um, the Mainstream Project would like to put in the gift bags. Um, and so what we did as a group, we took 18 items and gave each classroom two items to fundraise. Uh, for example, we did socks and mitts and hats, hand warmers, toiletries, um, toothbrushes, water, which we actually donated. We donated 250 bottles of water. And as well, we decorated 250 gift bags to return to Main Street Project to put together for uh, their Christmas bags. The students decorated the bags and everything? Yes, they each individually took one. And um, because we had less students than bags, we brought in our leadership group and they finished decorating the last 50. Excellent. So this year you're doing it a little bit different. You're focusing on winter items, is that right? So building on that last year, I was approached by a Main Street Project again to see if we would just be able to do the bags. Um, and that was certainly something that we felt that we were able to do there. They brought us 300 bags. So we had them, we actually kicked off our campaign today. Um, and then thinking a little bit more, okay, what else can we do just besides the bags? We thought, well, winter in Winnipeg, it started way too early this year. Um, and we know that there's always need for socks and hats and mitts and scarves and those types of things. So we, we narrowed our search a little bit and and that's what we're working on collecting. So the bags went out today and the information went out to our families today that we'll start to collect uh, between now and December 13th. We'll start to collect uh, winter clothing items. How did the kids take to it? They were very enthusiastic last year, um, especially our Sources of Strength group. They went around every day to pick up the items from the classrooms. And I think they were just in awe. And we were in awe as well of, of the donations that we received. It was very impressive. Why is it important that schools like Nordale help local charities? Because it's the right thing to do, but it also builds with the Lurie School Division, their multi-year strategic plan and their four priorities of belonging, mastery, independence and generosity. So this year and for the next few years coming up, we'll continue to work on those areas, helping giving students the understanding of what it does mean to be generous. It's not always giving of material items. It's giving of your time. It's giving of your efforts. It's giving of your voice sometimes. And helping students understand that not everything is about material, but certainly that generosity and belonging. And through projects like this, Students feel like they belong to the school, they belong to a cause, and I think that just helps them. Ultimately, our role as educators is to get the kids of today ready to be the adults of tomorrow. They're going to be taking over the planet, and they need to be active and contributing members of society. 
For those looking for more information about Nordale School or the Louis Riel School Division, where can they go and how can they learn more about you? The internet is always a vast array of, of information. You can Google in Louis Riel. You can also go to the Nordale public website, which is www.nordale.lrsd.net. Um, and you can find the websites. And on the websites, both divisionally and at the school level, there's different spotlight stories of, of things that are going on. Our recent spotlight story on our on our school website talked about what it meant to be an educated person. And part of that educated person is that developing those empathy and, and generosity skills. Excellent. Is there anything you would like to add? And what is one thing that you love about Winnipeg? Well, Winnipeg is a city, but it seems to me like a small town city. Um, You know, the school, going back to that old cheer saying everyone knows your name in a small school, but it's almost like that in Winnipeg too. It doesn't seem to go, you have to go very far before someone knows someone who knows someone about something, right? So it's, we are a city, but we're not a metropolis, you know, not. So I think that I I enjoy that. And yourself, Laura? Um, Well, I think that as a city, we are quite generous. Um, particularly through Winnipeg Foundation and United Way and um, all the different ways that we can help support others. And so I'm really proud to be a Winnipegger in that way. Well, thank you to Principal David Everly and Student Services teacher Laura Kello from Nordale School and the Louis Riel School Division for sharing their uh, story of impact. If you or anyone you know is making an impact in our city, message us on social media by searching the Winnipeg Foundation at WPGFDN or reach out and call us at 204-944-9474, extension 360. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. We'd love to hear about it. This is Sunny Promolo, and you're listening to Because Radio. Thanks, Sunny. Up next, Because and Effect host Nolan Bicknell will be joining us momentarily to share some highlights from his most recent conversation with Oli Backstrom, president and CEO of SCE LifeWorks. Welcome back to Because Radio. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am now joined by Nolan Bicknell. He is the host of the Winnipeg Foundation's Because and Effect podcast, which is in its second season and uh, has new episodes every Tuesday. Nolan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me back. So we haven't spoken about Because and Effect for a couple weeks now, but season two is still in full swing. Um, catch us up on the episodes that we missed since we last spoke. Sure, there's been some, uh, I mean, you guys have kind of covered a similar topic in that uh, the Association of Fundraising Professionals had their 2019 Philanthropy Awards, and the last two guests uh, on the Because and Effect podcast were also award winners. So two weeks ago, uh, I had Paige Proctor as a guest. She had the award of Emerging Leader in 2019, and then Last week, our guest was Jim Goche. He was the winner of the Outstanding Philanthropist for 2019, and both were extremely deserving, and you can hear those conversations by visiting becauseandeffect.org. So as I mentioned, the podcast comes out every Tuesday, and this week your guest is Oli Backstrom from SCE LifeWorks. What did you and Oli talk about? Oli is an awesome, awesome guest, very nice man, wonderful human being, and and a really great addition to Winnipeg. Um, SCE LifeWorks' main objective is to help and support people with developmental disabilities um, by just, you know, helping them find work, but also helping them find a sense of belonging in all of our communities. And you mentioned finding work as a, as a key component of what SCE LifeWorks does. So 
what did Oli have to say about that? That was a lot of what we talked about is, is not only just what's in it for the people who are who are getting these uh, sort of business hookups, but also what the businesses get out of the arrangements other than just getting a new employee. Here's what Oli had to say about that. The stories I hear from businesses are, you know, when they hire someone who's a good fit and that person is valued and maybe that business is the first place where that person earned their first paycheck. So that means a lot to that employee and that earns a lot of trust and investment by that employee often the case right so right. so you know part of what i hear from some businesses is you know this employee i hired is you know here early uh they're enthusiastic about their work and that rubs off on the rest of the team and improves our work culture you know we'll hear from other businesses about you know they're not hiring they're hiring, you know, businesses are in the business to make money, but, you know, they also want to find, you know, uh, make good business decisions. And part of what we want to do is make the business case for hiring people with disabilities. And I would imagine it's also about ensuring that there's equal representation within businesses as well. Yeah, for sure. Oli mentioned that and, and sort of how consumers may want to help support businesses that are hiring inclusively. You know, I think honestly, some businesses hire because that they believe that that is the right thing to do. Right. They want to have a business that has a workforce that reflects the community they serve. But I think they also see byproducts that positively affect their business. So something like 53% of the population either has a disability or is a family member of a disability or is a close friend of a person with a disability. Mm. And their purchasing decisions are influenced by whether they see a business that it has an inclusive work environment. Mm -hmm. And we, we honestly kind of foster that. We want to celebrate those businesses that are hiring inclusively uh, and get the word out. Not because they're doing anything special per se, but it's still somewhat the exception to the rule. And as such, we want, you know, we want people to know these are businesses that are good to support. But it's not just about their bottom line. It's also about a sense of community and fostering a sense of belonging. Exactly. Oli had a great example of that as well from the conversation. You know, a very successful um, uh, high-level executive uh, with Walgreens, Richard Lewis, I okay. believe was his name, and he, he's retired, and he said, you know, um, when I retire, what's not going to be my fond memory is how big of a portfolio I built for myself. What I want uh, my memory of my legacy to be what kind of impact I had in the lives of the people I had a chance to work with. Mm -hmm. And that was his driver. You know, part of that came from the fact that he happened to also be the father of a young man who is autistic. Mm -hmm. but, but I think more and more business people think that way and realize that it isn't just about the money. So Oli has been with SCE LifeWorks for 25 years now. That's a, that's a really long time. What were some of his reflections on being there for a quarter of a century? Yeah, I asked kind of why and how he decided to devote that much time to this cause. And I really love what he had to say. His answer was beautiful. Coming to that realization that not everyone within a developmental disability is supported mm. to find their valued role in the community. And uh, that just, uh, it made it 
that much more important to me. You know, I, I, you know, I guess selfishly, I found some meaning in my life, finding something that, you know, I believe in with all my heart. And I feel so lucky to, you know, have a chance to, you know, have a career out of trying to build this movement and um, playing some kind of role in that. And a couple of days ago on the Winnipeg Foundation social media, we shared a bit of a viral clip of Oli talking about viral videos that people share. What did he mention uh, for our listeners who didn't get a chance to see that? Yeah, so it's just a little clip of Oli talking about how he sort of recommends that people think twice about sharing these sort of feel-good viral videos that that feature people with disabilities or with developmental disabilities because even when the message is intended to be positive sometimes there's some unintended consequences as well there was a viral video a week or two ago of a baby who happened to have down syndrome who i think the video was basically the baby smiling and giving eye contact to uh, his mother her her mother i can't remember the gender of the baby so so it's one thing for you know there are, there are videos that circulate of any baby that is smiling and making eye contact with a mother. And, 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 uh, but I saw there was an, a TV news program that tweeted this out as a news story. And I thought, you know, hmm. it is beautiful. And, uh, you know, uh, it, who doesn't love a baby smiling at their mother and making eye contact with their mother? But that is also typical. And it's also, it's not uncommon for a baby with Down syndrome to smile and make eye contact with their mother. Mm -hmm. So don't make it out to be something special. The unintended consequence of, of something like that, I feel like, is it kind of sets that baby up as the other still. One of the best parts of every episode of Because and Effect is the Just Because segment where you ask the same seven questions to each guest. And there's always such a wide range of answers uh, within those seven questions. So it's always great to hear. What were some of the highlights from that segment from Oli's conversation? So the last question is, what do you want to be remembered for? And I really liked Oli's answer. And it, he's thoughtful, he was thoughtful with every answer he gave. But this one was in particular because he kind of talked about the generational impact and, and how he's built on previous work of his predecessors in, in his current role. I hope I played a role in, in building and sharing those points of reference of employment success for people with developmental disabilities that others can continue building on. I'm really conscious of the fact that there were people before me who, who laid, who did a foundational important work and that I had a chance to build on. And so I hope, I hope that people have a chance to build on the work I've had a chance to do. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Nolan, for being here today. And of course, to hear the episode with Oli Backstrom from SCE LifeWorks or to hear any of the previous episodes of Because and Effect. If you are new to the podcast, there's lots and lots to catch up on. Uh, be sure to go to becauseandeffect.org. You can also search for Because and Effect anywhere you get your podcasts. Nolan, thank you again so much for joining me today on Because Radio. Thanks for having me.
Thanks, Nolan. We're just about out of time on today's program, but before we go, don't forget that next week, the 27th, is the last Super Wednesday of November. Nathan Detroit Sandwich Pad, which is in the Richardson Building Concourse at Portage in Maine, and just a couple doors down from the CGNU studios, has been having Super Wednesdays each Wednesday in November, where for every large bowl of homemade soup sold, Nathan Detroit's is gifting $1 to the community fund here at the foundation. It's a great way to support a great cause, so make a note on your calendar for this for soup this Wednesday at Nathan Detroit's. That's a wrap for today's episode of Because Radio. Thank you very much for listening and thank you to all of our guests who joined us today. Because Radio is produced by the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with 93.7 CJNU FM. Our Because Radio theme music, Call of the North, was written and performed by Micah Ehrenberg. You can find more of his music at micaehrenberg.com. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes or subscribe to our podcast, please visit becauseradio.org. Again, that's becauseradio.org. And if you have any feedback about today's show, ideas for stories, or Winnipeg Impact Makers, we would love to hear your feedback. Please give us a call at 204-944-9474, extension 360, or you can email us at becauseradio at wpgfdn.org. And you can also follow the Winnipeg Foundation on social media at WPGFDN on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Robert Zirk, signing off for Because Radio. And I'm Sunny Promolo. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend.